This is Fireside Chats, talking to the real difference makers in the world. Now, here is your host, John Crump. Hello, everyone out there in YouTube land or Facebook land or Periscope land or wherever land you watch me from. My name is John Crump. I'm the Virginia Director for Gun Owners of America. I'm a journalist with MLN.com. And this is my show, Fireside Chats with John Crump, me. All right. So before I get into this, let's go ahead and get the plugs out of the way. We are sponsored by Black Swan Tactical. Black Swan Tactical makes some really cool, cool ass stuff. You can go to blackswantactical.com and use code CRUMPY for 10% off. I also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash John Crump. The super chats are open. You can get a free patch or a free book or whatnot, depending on your level. So, yeah. I want to say hi to Gorilla and Guns, Joe Drag, Rogue Banshee, Swamp Dog Armory, and a bunch of other people. Today, I am joined by uh, my good friend from real life. I didn't meet him on the internet. I don't meet people on the internet. I'm not like spooky like that. Um, his name is Devin Perkins. He hosts uh, Trenchwork Chronicles, and he also has a new project that he is working on that I really want to talk to him about, and that is called Kids, Kids to Kings. And here he is, Devin Perkins. What's what going on? My friend. What up? Not much. How are you doing? Not too bad. Thank you for having me on, and thank you for the, uh, the great intro. Um, yeah, it's funny. The last time I was on here, I think I was still like keeping kids the kings under wraps. I don't think we launched, yeah. But, you um, but yeah, we have finally launched, so yeah, we can Tell finally you. dig into it. <laughs> All right, let's dig into it. What is kids the kings? So, um, for anybody who isn't very familiar with like the realm of psychology. Um, I'll be honest, like I'm not too well versed in it, but I just recently started digging into it probably two, maybe a year and a half, two years ago. And um, one of the new uh, studies and I would I guess you could say discoveries is the uh, the study of what complex trauma slash CPTSD is. And um, what that is, is a more progressive form of PTSD, which is essentially um, people who live in unstable and just very unhealthy living environments. Um, and basically how the brain trains itself to cope in a survival mode type of way in these living situations. So once I heard about the new study of it, I figured, to be honest, I was like, this is a conversation that I don't want black people to be left out of. So my goal was to get back to my roots and get back to my community by translating the same information that these people are giving me to other people. Very similar to, you know, why I told you I even wanted to start Trenchwork Chronicles was to start translating the objective information to my own demographic. So that's my main focus. Um, that's what we started. It all really started around my boy, Trav, the one that you met when we went to Richmond. 
Um, he's honestly like the mascot for Kids of Kings. Um, yeah, one day, one day when we were working together, we were talking about everything that we were dealing with. And basically, with the support of people like you, Maj, uh, Kevin Dixie, uh, Argo J, uh, I mean, I could go on and on. Ken Blanchard, for sure. Um, these are all people that I had talked to and developed relationships over time with. And eventually, basically, my my idea kind of just came to life once I met Mike Sedini at uh, NRAM, actually the very last uh, NRA national or annual meeting, the one in, um, I believe it was Indianapolis. But I sat down with Mike Sedini and um, he's the one that actually introduced me to what complex trauma was. So once I sat down and talked to him, um, he said he was looking to in some way get into, you know, the inner city demographics. So I told him like, I could definitely be that liaison. And I told him I somewhat already had a plan. So me and him just started trading emails, text messages, and phone calls about what Kids the Kings should be. And um, now we're here today, probably a week out from me giving my first presentation in Baltimore. So yeah. That's the, uh, I guess, long story of what Kids the Kings is and how it really came about. Talking about Kids the Kings, I got some kids right here, right next to me. They see me, right? Yeah, they can see you. Yeah. <laughs> Say hi to Mr. Devin. Hi. Can you see me, Mr. Devin? Yes. And you don't have to call me Mr. That makes me feel old. Nope. <laughs> hi. <laughs> Yeah, they're all they're all around me for Daddy, some reason. Daddy, What's up, buddy? He can get there. You want to go watch YouTube? Yeah. Wait, what? What's this enough? You know. Yeah. Hey, let me uh, just get this for him. When do you plan on starting his own podcast? <laughs> uh, he wants to so bad. And you definitely should. <laughs> it should be about kids and coding. That should be the name of it: kids and coding. Yeah, actually, he's been doing coding, haven't you, Matthew? He's been doing coding. He's doing really good at coding. And this is my other See? little one. See? See? I, I have brilliant million dollars ideas, John. You don't want to say hi? You, I, I know you're waving, but they can't see you, Nikki. Cool. Oh, All right. There he is. There he no. is. <laughs> Yeah, I love my kids. Yeah, I love kids, man. I tell people all the time when when I used to work with kids, I used to say I'd rather work with kids than adults because at least kids have the excuse of they're still growing. Adults are still set in their ways. And a lot of times um, when I was working with kids, um, one, I feel like I got to uh, somewhat like experience a lot of the things in my childhood that I didn't get to experience on top of, you know, helping kids in a, uh, in a more realistic way than, uh, than they normally get. And, um, yeah, uh, working with kids for nine years is another big factor of why I wanted to focus directly on, um, the next generation, because I feel like that's really where our investment should be is the next generation. Um, Bringing it back to the whole, I guess, gun conversation, that's another big, uh, I guess, 
factor into why I wanted to start this because we see a strong push from anti-gunners of promoting children as their poster boys for whatever movement that they're trying to push. So I figured, I mean, if we can get to these kids, well, let me backtrack, let me backtrack. When I first went to one of the first, I guess, actions of activism I did, I decided to go uh, crash one of David Hogg's uh, events here in Virginia at the NRA headquarters. So I went there. Right, right. So we went there. We um we really ran through the crowd and we realized that these kids really want to do the right thing. They're literally just being misled. And we under we finally understood that like David Hogg isn't even like open to like conversation. He's literally just here to push the message for whoever is paying him. He's and here to once we say that again. He's here to self-promote. Right, right. And he's just one, the whole, the whole, I'm going to use my white privilege to help black people think like, that's one thing I can never get down with. First of all, nobody asked you for help Two, like, and this is kind of a rabbit hole, but I have to go down this rabbit hole real quick. Sorry. Sorry for the dollar dollar bill. Y'all thing. That was, uh, <laughs> Joe Dragon just gave $25, man. You are awesome. Joe, that would go to Bella. Uh, Bella awesome. is who is suffering from uh, a, a brain tumor. So we are helping her out. Word. So what I wanted to touch on and really give you, people like you, Mike Sedini, and I guess my third would be like Rob Pincus, which is crazy because like y'all probably aren't really in the same uh, conversation very often. <laughs> but um you three to me are the prime example of people who aren't from a demographic that want to help them, but do not have the white savior complex or how, how you call it, the, uh, the avatar complex. And yeah, I feel like, feel like you three could really like teach seminars on how not to do that and how to help the right way. But I just wanted to make sure that like, um, I separated the fact like it's not a thing that like, you know, white people can't help black people. It's just a matter of like, first of all, watch your mouth when you're talking about, you know, a demographic you're claiming to want to help Two, If you're going to do it, you know, be genuine and open about it. If somebody else is presenting a, a solution that doesn't necessarily fit your narrative, but it is a solution nonetheless, like you have to at least listen to it. You know what I mean? Because there's probably some common ground there for you guys to meet. But um, that's 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 really it about that rabbit hole. But going back to what we uh, what I noticed about um, the next generation is that the anti-gunners and what I really call anti-freedom people, they've gotten really good at uh, focusing on kids and using kids. And I would say that is where on the I'd say more freedom side is where we are lacking in PR. And honestly, diversity, it's like, if we make kids the focus of the next generation, I don't see how that's not a foolproof plan. You add people to to the movement, you educate the next generation so we have more than just relatives to pass this information down to, and we bring our message to 
mainstream media and really to the front lines of any conversation because I believe firearms, liberty, and freedom are like the basis of understanding what uh, conservatism is. And you don't have to be a Republican to be a conservative, but, you know, I feel like Western civilization really, really needs uh, conservatism to stand up for itself again. Because it's looking grim. But sorry for my rant. No, no problem. Like, I sponsor your podcast, and I don't think ever told you not to talk about anything um never i literally (laughs) it's funny because i remember after the hotep jesus interview i was like i know john is gonna call me about this shit then turn around and you interviewed him like two weeks later i was like oh well i love this this is exactly the platform that i was looking for but yeah Yeah. Uh, Uh, that was hilarious i mean i'll have anyone on my show i mean if you have a if you have something you want to say on a message, I've, I've had Democrats on my show. I've had Black Lives Matter people on my show. I've had Hotep right. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> uh, Hotep, and he's a he's an and interesting. And we guy. interviewed him before Joe Rogan. Yeah, Let's make that no. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah. He's an interesting. He's an interesting dude. Uh, Hotep, um, the whole good. movement of. Is interesting. What's up, Iron Horse and Ivan? I see you both out there. Yeah, the Hotep thing is, uh, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I still don't understand what the hell that's about, but <laughs> that's uh, all right. It's a lot. Um, Well, <laughs> it's great. It's like two different sects, right? There's the House of Consciousness, and then there's Hotep Nation. Hotep Nation is a little bit more... Uh, I guess I would say less, less of uh, less separatists than the House of Consciousness is, and really they just focus on uh, really self empowerment, you know, and objective thought. That's really the best I could really describe them. They 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 they're big into Egyptology as well. Yeah, they believe some stuff that is. Uh, not wild, wild, historically correct, very true, very true. Which you know, uh, let that that be what it is. But as long as they're promoting like the fundamental uh values of success, is what I would call them, I'm cool with it. Like, you can think what you want about history, you're not gonna hurt anybody about that, but if you're promoting like a false message like uh like Antifa or like these new liberal white kids that are calling themselves Maoist Maoins. Is that the right term? Maoist? Yeah. Yeah. I like like I remember I worked at a burger shop for a couple months, right? And this kid, he'd come in all the time and he'd wear this Philadelphia socialist shirt. And one day I had to like stop and I'm like, yo, like, wh- what do you really know about socialism? And he's st- nothing. He knew nothing. And I'm like, 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 why do you think like this is cool? Like, do you know anything about like socialist like countries and like what they've gone through? Like what Venezuela is going through right now? Like they're eating. They're eating. Like, Can you point help. to. Right. Not only that, like the fact that. 
they were finding supplies on freaking airstrips that we flew into. Like, wh why is this like, I, I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't understand like what the promotion of it was. And I guess, you know, maybe, I don't know. I, I don't even know. It's like, man, read a book. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is definitely an interesting thing, man. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't get the whole entire. Where did this push of like socialism? And I guess it's kind of always been a thing on college campuses, but like, I feel like it's turned up a little bit in the past couple of months. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's or been years, honestly. It's been happening more than that. Um, I started tracking the rise of socialism back, uh, I guess, 2000-ish, I guess. In 2004, it started popping off, uh, but I kind of knew it was going to pop off. Uh, in 2000, I was, like, young. I was in my early 20s, and I was like, dude, there's some... Just out of college, of like, the socialism stuff just started popping up on campuses. Um, and I'm like, this is going to filter out into uh, other stuff. So I started monitoring it. Then in 2004, I started monitoring Antifa. Uh -huh. I kinda knew wait, 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 wait. You said in 2004 you started monitoring Antifa? Yeah. Like, 04? Yes. Dang. They've been around that long? Uh, they've been I around uh, 30s. Sheesh. Wow. Okay. Like same flag and everything. Yeah. Uh, they actually started. Uh, you know where Antifa started from, right? No. I'm gonna educate you. They started in Europe. Uh, oh, I mean, I could have guessed that. Back in the late Eastern Europe. No. Italy. Oh, uh, uh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Go ahead. I'm listening. Back in the late 30s, you had the Italian uh, Socialist Party, right? Mm -hmm. Mussolini was a member of the Italian Socialist Party. Uh, the Italian Socialist Party... Uh, thanks you, thank you, Iron Horse. That's my uh, sons. The Italian Socialist Party split into two different factions. Uh, one faction was the uh, fascist, led by Mussolini. And the other faction was the anti-fascist. Um, you ever, you know, where the term Nazis are? You know, people say Nazis are right wing, even though that they're socialist. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There was a quote back from when they split that uh, that the fascists were the right wing, and the Antifa and the Antifa or the communists were the left wing of the Italian socialist. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Antifa and the fascists came out of the same party, the Italian Socialist Party, in the late 1930s. Okay. Like I know, I know. I the first time I ever heard of them was um, when the Young Socialist Movement um, basically basically got Martin Luther King to speak out against the war. Basically somewhat against his, I wouldn't say against his own will, but they pretty much pressured him into it. Um, that was the first time I had ever heard of 
the socialist movement trying to attach themselves to some sort of uh, civil rights movement. But yeah. I, I, if you go to a uh, black Swan media group, that is me. My other Facebook page got killed. So yeah, you can find me on there. Um, Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's it's very interesting. People don't understand how far Antifa went back. Um, yeah. Uh, Gorilla and Gun brings up the point that France has a huge Antifa problem. Um, and yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, and people don't realize our Antifa problem is nowhere near what the Antifa problem is in Italy, in Italy and France, especially France. France has a massive Antifa problem. Antifa is a problem all around the globe. Um, and wow. ours isn't as violent as theirs, actually, which is kind of scary because ours is pretty damn violent. Yeah, man. I remember when you, a couple years ago when you started talking about a civil war. And honestly, I thought America was too soft, but we're actually starting to see exactly what you said. You said it's not going to be like, you know, this whole side against this whole side is going to just pop up in like hot spots. And that's exactly what we're seeing. Yeah, it's, it's going to be skirmishes, um, like hot spots in the cities. Right. It's nuts. Yeah. yeah, we had a whole podcast on that. Yeah. And yeah. you guys thought I was crazy. I didn't think you were crazy. I'm, I mean, I underestimated how, I guess, how like, sheep like some people can be as far as like just being in the streets fighting for people that have never met you like i could never put on a trump jersey or a biden shirt and go into the streets and fight the opposition like that is not nah i'm good like i feel like there are much better things to fight over but yeah, yeah there. There, there is a lot of much better things to fight over. Not only that is that there is a lot of. I got my kids today. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. But, uh, I love them. Uh, so there, there, there. Uh, there's a third way. Um, <laughs> uh, Gavilan Guns have a, a great point, though. He says uh, the youth is attracted by the false narrative of socialism. They think it's all about getting equality. From being lazy in the magic government that will provide happiness for all. So where is our equal push back to that? Like why? I personally feel like as strong and as hard as we'll call them the left, general for general or generally speaking, the left is pushing hard. I feel like the right or the conservative part or party isn't pushing back as hard or is it just because you know the left has monopolized hollywood in the media i think it's a combination they've done a damn good job at that i think it's a combination of both um the the real power brokers uh the bams by any means necessary in these other groups that are like the big people behind it and mm -hmm. he finds stuff uh, they're like the older people, uh, and they use the youth to do their bidding. Um, we don't have an organization like BAM, and that could be considered a good thing. Um, because you know, 
and so the people on our side have a lot more to lose. They're not. We're not right. Well, no, I don't mean where is like our version of what they're doing. I'm saying like where's our equal amount of energy being put into combating the nonsense that they're promoting. That's kind of where I'm trying to go because I personally I just feel like it's not there. Like, yeah, I, I just don't see it. And I feel like there's plenty of opportunities for us to do it. It's just not happening. Yeah. Well, I think uh, the other, to your other point, I think there's a monopolization of stuff by the media and um, also Hollywood. Uh, I'll take you for, uh, take uh, take for example. Um, take for example. Have you watched uh, Jack Ryan on uh, Amazon? No. Well, on Jack Ryan on Amazon, the in the last season, they uh, did the 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 bat, big guy that guys were Venezuela, right? Mm-hmm. And they made the big evil right wing government of Venezuela the bad guys, and the leftist guerrillas, uh, the the leftists the good guys, which is. Mm-hmm. Now, now look at it in real life. Right. The rebel guys are the right wing people, and the leftists are the ones who are, you know, killing their own citizens. So they reversed it. Now, if you don't know anything about, uh, I love Kermit Loves Bacon Icon. The uh, hamster running around on the wheel in the head. No, but if you look, uh, if you look, um, if you look at look at that you know if you don't know any better you're gonna say oh okay well you know maduro whatever it must be this right-wing guy when he's a extreme left-wing guy um so i think a lot of the stuff gets lost in in that um and also they try to shame you if if you if you come out they they go after you you know right um I've been called a racist. Uh, John, you're the worst racist in the world. I, I know, but but I was called you that. Yeah, I get better at your racism. <laughs> Those are rookie numbers. <laughs> I know, but but I've, I, I, I've been called that. I've been called a fashion. I've been called everything else. Uh, and it's mostly... Uh, and it's... See you, Rogue Banshee. And, and it's mostly to try to shut people up. They're like, we're going to... We're going to label you this, and this might follow you around because of you know we're us calling you this, uh, and a lot of people were afraid. And so there is like Joe Draco, there is a big silent majority, of, and it's people that don't want to take a chance of being labeled something. It's it's sad, but that's the way they use it. They 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 deplatform people. They go after your jobs and everything else. Um, they'll kick you off Facebook, uh, like me. Ban you from Twitter from sharing uh, information about Hunter Biden. They banned Yo, the White House press. That whole, that whole situation is the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> Because 
The ironic thing is they said Hunter Biden should be in jail for the 94 crime bill that his dad wrote. And he should, right? Yeah, he, he was smoking <laughs> crack with with that's hilarious. Women of the night. Um, Damn, Hunter, just say no. <laughs> it, yeah, he, he was smoking crack. Uh, you know, making bathroom deal. Joe Biden's directly implicated, and they're like, "Oh, we didn't, we didn't do it um, because it was hack. It wasn't hack. He turned, he brought a laptop in for repair, and." Uh, what he did is he never picked up his laptop and it became the property of the shop. And when the shop owner started looking at it, he found pictures of underage girls on the laptop and he contacted the police and the, and the F actually the FBI and the FBI was like, yeah, we're not going to move on this. So then he's like, dude, you know, there has to be size. Something has to come of it. So then he turned it over to people. So, and so somebody was like, why would he leave the laptop there and not go back for it? It was like an $80 bill if he knew he had illegal stuff on it. And and, so, and someone's response, I think it was on the Joe Rogan show, someone's response was he was a crackhead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Joe said that. He was like, I mean, well, uh, supposedly, like, he was in California and the laptop was in Delaware, so he didn't yeah. go back to get it. But yeah. Joe Rogan's joke was, uh, he was a crackhead. Like, crackheads don't make flights to go back and do things the right way it's, it's kind of how it goes but um it also well nah because you know he's hunter biden you have 80 dollars yeah you know, i mean you know he was taking like millions of dollars from the chinese military and uh <laughs> ukrainian energy companies right yeah plasma the Ukrainian energy company. So he had he had the money. It's a crackhead. He probably he probably was high when he dropped it off and forgot where it was. Yo, have you seen the meme of him as uh the brother from um uh what is it God of War when he literally has the Ukraine like mapped out in cocaine on the table? Oh yeah, I have seen that. That one, one that might be my favorite one. That might be my favorite Hunter Biden meme. Other than the, if my dad doesn't front me a sack of coke, I'm voting for Trump. That was funny too. <laughs> you do you do realize that uh, he moved in with his dead brother's wife and had a yeah uh, man. This, <laughs> the 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 Biden family they're a they're a wild clan man. They're kind of like the Kushner like family. <laughs> yeah, well he can't. Hunter Biden can't get a gun. Dishonorably discharged from the military. Oh, really? He got kicked out of the military. For crack? Probably. I have no idea. It was crack. <laughs> We're going to assume it was crack. Yeah. It, oh, it's man. Related. That's sad. But, you know. Things and, happen. And, and Biden. Biden was right. Like, implicated uh, in all those emails as well. Yeah, as the big man, right? And apparently now they got his daughter's diary that's diary. Yeah, like, that basically what says what the, the same thing. It's like, what's wrong with this family? Why do you record every illegal thing that you do? Right? 
And then, <laughs> you know, it's just like, what? Joe said, then Joe said he had little kids rubbing his legs in a pool. Like, dude, my thing is, how is nobody arrested? Can you can you make sense of that for me? How is nobody getting arrested from this? It's the same reason why they want you and I to fight against each other. I'm going to need you to elaborate on that because I, I have no – like it makes no sense to me how Hillary Clinton, Obama, and the Biden family are not in prison. Like this makes no sense. They're the rich and powerful, and they control the media, and they can push a false narrative to get people to fight against each other and control the masses to clash and to go against each other um, when – all, all that does is keeps them in power. Keeps them in control. Well, Iron Horse is I'm going to take words from Maj's speech he did in D.C. recently. Uh, <laughs> there's a tree that may need to be rewatered. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so, so, you know, uh, <laughs> so Hunter, go ahead. Just, my bad. Hunter wasn't dishonor be discharged because uh, Biden pulled some strings to get him out. So, oh, okay. Like, yeah. And but, Oliver North didn't sell Coke. Like, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's ridiculous. I mean, these people are just, uh, I mean, I don't know, man. Um, uh, when everyone's fighting each other, when we should be fighting the people in power. Yo, I brought this up with KD last night. I feel like America is really missing out on their chance to go after corrupt politicians the way other countries have been doing for like the past two years. What other? I country? feel like, like uh, France with their uh, yellow vest protest, uh, Hong Kong, how they were bucking back. I think well, India, huh? Hong Kong, yeah. France is still a lot more corrupt. Than, I spent a lot of time in Europe. Hong Kong has been fighting back against the communist regime. Um, but in India, India is still a hell of a lot more corrupt than... Uh, right, but I'm saying the population of the people are starting to, I'd say, uh, uprise against a lot of the corruption and shit. And I feel like it's time for us to bring guillotines, tar, and feathers back. <laughs> yeah, you, you might be right. You, it's an unpopular opinion. But I'm just saying, I it might be that time. <laughs> hey, I mean, you might be right. It's just, just you know, you, you gotta be, you gotta be picked to uh, succeed in politics. You have to be from certain families or whatever. You know, look how many Bush people have uh, been in office. Oh yeah, we have we have royal families. Yeah, like America yeah. definitely has their own royal families. Like Bush, Bush ones. You have, uh, you know, George W. Bush, George H. W. Bush, Jeb Bush. Uh, he has some. He has some. Uh, Wasn't there like, like a nephew? Yeah, that's that's like elected officials, and you know they're they're all related. I mean, it's just crazy. Yep. Sometimes I think Alex Jones is right, but then I think back to the gay frog things, and I'm like, okay, never mind. Hey, man. Actually, he was right about that. Alex way. Jones. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm. I'm. I've been watching Alex Jones since I was like, like nineteen, like way before the whole Trump administration started. So, like, you know, 
he's entertaining as hell. Like that's one thing you can't say he's not is entertaining. Yeah, he was down in the Richmond. Yeah, yeah, I got a picture with him. I know. Yeah, he's one of my. Uh, I like to listen to Alex Jones a lot. He's interesting. Can't take okay. everything that he says serious, but he's he's interesting. I told him he needs he needs a little bit. Uh, he needs more black people around him, <laughs> so people stop calling him racist. All right, here here's the thing, right? Uh, Richmond. A, a great example of the media. There was a big media hype that it was going to be some white supremacist rally thing, and there was going to be a lot of violence, and there was no violence, and there was no white supremacist. So uh, what did the media do? Richmond dodges a bullet on white power remarks. What? That's not all that they did. That's not all that they did. I don't know if you remember, but MSNBC decided to take our interview and put it up against the Black Lives Matter chicks interview that was inside the whole time. And I was like, okay, she's saying that this resembles Charlottesville. I'm literally out here telling you nothing bad is going on. Like, what is this? Like, and I wanted to find that girl and actually talk to her. But like, I was so like, cause I was like, after doing that interview, I was like, there's no way they can like, miscue or take anything that I said the wrong way. And of course they still found a way to twist that narrative. It was the guy who I like almost went off on with a really bad tan. Yeah. Well him. Here, here's the thing, man. Um it, it was so right wing Nazis that you know that the uh the Gadsden flag that was mixed with the gay pride flag <laughs> was flying in the right, middle. Right. No one's at a thing. Man, that was a great day. To be honest, that was like, as being a part of the Second Amendment community, that was probably even like, you could say even in a loss, because, you know, we couldn't change anything that was going on inside. But everybody well, there. and We we're, did and on a couple of things there. Uh, yeah, yeah, a few things. I would say was the director. Yeah. Uh, uh, Chap Peterson actually said the rally day was the reason why he voted against the uh, so-called assault weapons ban. Do you know if Boisco voted against that? Uh, I don't know. Oh, man. If, I need to figure find that out. Because if so, I definitely had a hand in that. I think she did, but I'm not I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, but a lot of them just said, hey, man, we need to, you know, this is the, we, we stopped. Nah. I went to um. Could have went bad. I went to a roundtable with Boisco and at a like random library in Leesburg, and it was basically you know gun owners against moms demand action, and I was the only black person in the room. So when I sat in the front, her and uh Phyllis Randall's faces were like, like they had no idea, like no notes were had for because I had on my all gun control is racist shirt too. So when I started talking, it was like, we don't have anything for this right now. All they had was like some little like fake David Hogg type kid that wanted to talk. And even when he started talking, I was like, what is he talking? Like, none of that is true. And um, yeah, I just got to dispel a lot of their myths about literally about assault weapons. Like, that's why that was one of the main conversations that I had with them at the round table. Yeah, but, the anti always try to push uh, um, 
the hands how I've always tried to push like false narratives. Like uh, when I was on NPR and uh, they they said, "Oh, we just want to talk to you about the election and and grassroots movements." And I'm like, you know what? This dude's setting me up. So I uh, brought all my had all my notes with me, and all of a sudden, oh, here comes Mod Man Action, and here comes Every Town, and they try to like push their BS, and I had. I was ready for it. Right. I kind of like pissed them off because they're like, oh, we didn't, this wasn't supposed to be a, a four gun or anti gun. It's like, oh, you put one pro gun guy and they were talking about anti gun lies. And of course, I'm going to call them on it. Right. And I mean, that's NPR. I remember when we went to Richmond for Lobby Day and I did an interview with them. They never aired that one, rightfully so, because it was pretty good. But yeah, I'll, that's I'll what they do. Live on NPR, they're like, you can buy a Glock handgun and have it shipped directly to your door. That's why we need to buy to to ban online sales. I was like, no, you can't. I like, wish. Blatant lie. Every, that's every gun owner's dream. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go to We can open up the Sears catalog and buy a fully automatic Thompson submachine gun and have it shipped to your door. <laughs> That's what I want to go back to. No bull. And oh, that was back when you had to. Wow. Yeah. Oh, and, and then they were like, well, we just want to return it back to the day, back into the, in, into, uh, you know, you know, back, back in the early 80s, in, in the, uh, in the 70s and the 60s, where, you know, we can't get all these high-powered weapons. I was like, you can get machine guns back then. I was like, you want to go back there? Like, yep, you can get everything you can get now back then. And that stuff, well, you know, the, the firearms didn't exist. It's like, oh, yeah. They said the uh, 60s, 70s, and 80s. Like, those are, uh, those are some pretty violent years. I, well, well I, I, I for guns, I was like, you know, those guns, I mean, you can buy. The guns are like, well, you know, they we didn't have anything high-powered like, the uh, AR-15 is like the AR-15 is from the 50s, right? Man, come on, try to be honest, man. And they're not on it. I don't know if they're not honest or they just don't know and they just believe the talking points that they are given. Yeah, it's sad. I remember about a week ago, I started noticing the trend of. Uh, of the black blue checks was we have to get Trump out. So he doesn't spark a race war. I was like, where, like, can someone like show me where this race war is about to take place? Because I don't see it. And to be honest, I don't think anybody is actually brave enough to start an actual race war. And I don't think anybody's like that stupid to like, I mean, maybe there are like, maybe like the KKK and some black separatist group will meet up and they'll go at it. But like, I don't even think a lot of people are even pushing that type of energy anymore. Like, we both know uh, Mike Dunn the- and Jafari. They're literally yeah. like, they are the new, <laughs> they're the new ebony and ivory of activism. They're everywhere together now. You know what I mean? It's like, oh yeah, I, that I saw. Oh, what of it? Now this did something on Mike Dunn and they're talking about the blue movement. Oh, you saw it? 
Yeah, it was terrible. And then, like, the Buffalo Movement is a all, comic right? of, of oh, all, oh, what it? white supremacist and Nazi philosophy. And then cuts to Jafari what? speaking. Like how 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 do you have an alt right movement and then the leader of a Black Lives Matter movement at the exact same location in the same piece and you're like like people don't pay attention. Like that's the bad part is like people really don't pay attention. I guess this is why a lot of older people started to say that they like to read the news instead of listening to the news. And it makes a lot of sense because like I started applying that and you really can like decipher what's really being said if you don't have to listen to somebody telling you about it. Yeah. Ooh, man. Yeah. Uh but, uh, Chris Ramos said that he cannot disagree with uh, Kid the Kings at oh, all. Look, this this is what I'm currently dealing with. Okay. Oh. <laughs> with you see him? Yeah. yeah. You're you're on live now. Can you sit down? Sit. Black. <laughs> uh oh. Yeah, I remember dude from Wired. I I talking about Lobby Day. Uh, he asked you a couple questions. Don't you feel scared of being in, in here? One of uh, somebody asked. Him. Yeah, well, was that uh, in January. Yeah. Somebody asked me that. Yeah, don't you feel scared? It's like, yeah, like why? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because he was like, um, nah. I said yes because I don't have my gun on me. I yeah. was like, I wouldn't be afraid if I was strapped in here at all. Yeah. Now, John Voorhees, get better, man. He's in the hospital having some kidney issues. Um, Stop lying. You got the Rona. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Get better. Now, that was the same dude that called you. That said, uh, "Don't you feel? Don't you feel scared being a colored in here?" <laughs> Yo, remember that? For was, anybody listening, uh, that's hell. not of the same demographic. People of color is the same as calling people colored people. Don't use those terms. Like yeah, African American, Ados Black, Black. Use those. No, but he called you a color. Do you feel? I know. I know. I was like, like words you're like, like left brain woke by, and you're using like a racist term. Your boy and I like like looked at each other like what? Right. <laughs> we think you said. You played him, man. You 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 didn't think you mean you didn't call him out. I I, I want to compliment you because I would have lost it on him, man. Oh yeah, that was the uh, that was the like boy. the younger couple that came up, right? Yeah, it was like a guy. A, yeah, yeah, I remember who you're talking about. That oh man. Then you got to talk to millennial Millie, whatever her name is. Yes, if I ever meet her, I'm gonna marry her too. I know, man. Yes, I love Millennial Millie. Oh. She just holds microphones entirely too close to people's faces. John Voorhees is home today. He just got out of the hospital. Well, welcome home, buddy. I'm glad you're you made it back home without catching the Rona. Good stuff. Yeah, man. Um, it's, uh, how much uh, time do we have? About like twelve minutes. Okay. Do you want me to go more into uh, what Kids the Kings is? Because yeah, kind of yeah. we kind of like veer it off, which happens. 
I mean, it's cool. It's a good conversation nonetheless. But um, okay, so what Kids of Kings is, like I said earlier, it's um it's the focus of complex trauma, which essentially is the uh like I said, the progressive form of PTSD when you're living in violent areas, rough areas, uh, you know, like anything. Like right now, a lot of people are dealing with CPTSD with coronavirus because of how long this whole lockdown is and how stressful it's been on people's parents, on kids, just everything. You know what I mean? People who are already dealing with mental health are dealing with it even worse now because a lot of people are isolated and stuck in their own heads. But um, lockdown. Three, I would say three of the biggest factors that I've noticed that directly affect my demographic are one is a form of schizophrenia to where you'll create uh, create your own versions or perception of reality that isn't necessarily accurate. And then a lot of times it's exaggerated. So you'll think that your situation is worse than it is. And that's when you'll develop a coping mechanism that is trying to address that, but it isn't healthy because it's inaccurate. So um, let's say somebody messes something up at work on a Monday, and then they have to deal with whatever they messed up with on a Monday throughout the rest of the week. That person dealing with CPTSD will take that same exact scenario and think that because of that span of those four days that they just had a bad week, that that's how their life is going to be going. And then they'll develop a bad coping mechanism from, you know, not necessarily from that, but because they're already dealing with something, they'll develop a bad coping mechanism within that scenario to try to deal with it. And another thing is that I was, I learned that is when you go into survival mode, you whatever age you went into survival mode at is where you stop maturing mentally and uh, emotionally. So we see now a lot of people in my demographic, specifically young men that are literally killing people in just blatant brute acts of violence over very, very small issues that, you know, we don't necessarily understand why this person would go to that length or to that extent in that situation. But now understanding what complex trauma is, I understand that, you know, a lot of these people aren't getting, uh, aren't getting the guidance and treatment or the, uh, the conditioning that they need to deal with these type of situations and learn how to grow. So I guess, uh, the psychology behind that and, Please stop me if I don't make sense so I can explain whatever I'm talking about. No, you're good. Okay. So what I also learned is that, well, I'm sure you already know this too, is that men's brains, I guess it's the frontal lobe, doesn't fully develop until approximately the age of 25, right? Which means their, you know, their decision-making isn't going to be fully developed until around that age. So. When that's going on, I also noticed that the the leading causes of death for black males ages one to nineteen is suicide and homicide. the 
the and the other third on the the top three was like incidental accidents right so i'm sitting here like man if these kids aren't being taught how to deal with you know conflict in any fashion and all they know is to go to the farthest extreme to get it dealt with like this is exactly where these numbers are coming from so if we can stop these kids and help these kids grow and learn how to um i guess i'm like literally like just be better decision makers and help them grow uh i guess mentally we can stop the numbers of people dying in the the leading causes of death being homicide and suicide from continuously growing so my focus is to honestly just get to these kids uh be genuine first of all second have a lot of patience with them because i already know like the length of conditioning that they've gone through it's going to take the same amount of time or even longer to undo a lot of that conditioning and to re-educate and reprogram their brains so we want to take a lot of time and we want to empower them so with our rewards program what we want to do is we want to set them up um and we're going to do this with them but they're going to do a historical project on an entrepreneur or uh, it can be a freedom fighter, but I would prefer entrepreneur, business owner, something like that, right? Um, then we're going to do an economical project to where whichever facility we go to, whatever project we do is gonna generate revenue for those kids. So, so it's basically like an automatic donation for whatever that they're doing. And then the third thing that we wanna do is set up a some sort of community outreach for them to do, whether it's a coat drive, canned food drive, uh, cleaning up a park, like anything that will better their community so that they understand that this is where you come from, this is what the value of your community really is, and this is how you take care of this community and you know keep it up. So it's somewhat of a holistic approach. Approach. Uh, go ahead. My bad. Why do you think that uh, there's such a, a demonization of entrepreneurs and business owners? A demonization? Capitalism? Yeah. <laughs> people don't like capitalism or people have a misconception of capitalism and confuse it with cronyism, to be honest. Okay. Um, that's just my question. That would be my right. best answer. All right, go but ahead. Even with that, like, it, it's it's a myth. Like, I know I was believing in capitalism when I was selling drugs. I know all of my homies were very capitalist, capitalistic when they were selling drugs. Like, we weren't just giving stuff away for free. We made as much money as possible and put it into other, really into other ventures. Like, I took drug money and put it into sneaker money. And that's what eventually got me out of drug dealing. The funny part about that is I went from drug dealing to selling sneakers. I eventually sold my sneaker collection to start my gun collection. I started my gun collection. And then with all of this starting, it eventually led me back to doing Kids to Kings. So as long as I, I mean, I personally feel like God just had his hand on me, guiding me to the right people to do what I'm doing now. But as long as someone has consistent guidance, man, it's hard to not develop like, conservative values you know what i mean 
when you have some, when you know your self worth, you know your value, you know the revenue that you can uh, create. Like once you start building your own, it's like you don't want nobody else taking that from you. And to me, that's exactly what being a conservative really is. You know what I mean? He didn't protecting your own and being self empowered. He didn't build that, Devin. Say that again. He didn't build that. Build what? Uh, it was a famous Obama quote when he was talking about people's businesses. He was like, you didn't build that business. The people that work for you built it. Right. Because, you know, you didn't have to hire those people. That's the dumbest yeah. argument in the world. It's yeah. the, that's the whole... Uh, I remember I watched Ben Shapiro chop up some kid about how the, the business owner needs the workers more than the workers need the business owners, which is completely false. Like, if the business owner isn't giving that opportunity, where is the smaller income person going to be able to provide for their life? Like that doesn't doesn't make sense to me. Have yeah, you seen Raz Mussin poll about black support for Trump? I don't even know. Yeah, I know that black support yeah, is. is up, but I haven't seen the like the latest poll over the last day or so but but yeah from you're, what two wasn't it like two percent the last yeah. go around it, it was up yeah it's it's up it's higher than what it was but uh i wouldn't want to debate ben shapiro on anything even if oh i would i would what? i would definitely chop him up about guns and i definitely would chop him up about weed because he just sounds completely misinformed shapiro. Ben shapiro is very he's very status like like i like him but he, uh, that uh, but he he can debate, man. He can, he can. But there's there are topics that he you can definitely tell that he's not well versed in. Yeah, he, he moved there. Uh, he moved out of California. So did Rogan. Where did he go to? The like Tennessee? Is that what yeah. it was? Yeah, I I think they both went to Texas. I know Rogan went to Austin. I think they both um, because they both wanted out of because California. you know who got him to go there? Um, probably Alex Jones. <laughs> oh no, 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 it was uh Adam Curry. Adam Curry, oh, yeah, the pod father. Yeah, I'm a big fan of him. I need to find out a way to get in touch with him. Yeah, I want to bring. Yeah, you you contacted me like, hey, get me in touch with Adam Curry. I'm like, no, I just asked if you knew a contact for him. You know everybody. Oh, I don't know him though. I was like, what the hell? I was like, I honestly would have thought, like, yeah, John probably does know him somehow. No, I don't know through the realms of journalism in the digital world. I figured you would know. No, sorry. All right, man. It's been good talking to you. Everyone, go out. Com. I'll go to my Patreon, patreon.com. I get a uh, interview coming up tomorrow with uh, Steve Daines, uh, Montana governor, very, very pro-Second Amendment, not governor, uh, senator, very, very pro-Second Amendment senator um, from the great state of Montana. I have some uh, ETF uh, leaks coming out as well, and I have a video probably on Friday going over some of the stupid stuff that the ATF has ruled on pistol braces. I made a little video. I'm going to be releasing that on uh, on Friday. Yep. 
Uh, and I have another podcast tomorrow. Uh, actually, I might not. I think I'm going on a podcast tomorrow. Yeah, I'll be on Hank's range tomorrow. Uh, do I get I, to do shout outs? Military. Um, dude, you get the whole final last word. Oh, go ahead. My bad. And, and that is <laughs> Devin. You have the last word. <laughs> My bad. Uh, go join. Um, jo- go join Gun Owners of America first and foremost. Go join. Am I allowed to promote FPC too or not? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, go join FPC as well. Um, make sure you go support Black Guns Matter. Make sure you go support Walk and Talk America. Go buy a We Don't Negotiate with Tyrant shirt at arlife2018.com. And most of all, most importantly, make sure you go support Kids the Kings on Instagram. It's Kids the Kings spelt regularly, just like my tag. And the website, www.walktotalkamerica.org slash kids dash two dash kings. Um, that's it. TA.org is the Walk to Talk America's uh, website. Yes, WTTA.org. See, I got you. But you have to do, you have to type out my link because you will not find Kids of Kings on the main page of Walk Talking. Yeah, there you go. I got it right there. It's it's a a banner. But yeah, that's it. Thank you for having me on. Great conversation. Let me know whenever you They're going to join GOA. You can actually join GOA for money off at if you go to org slash back. Uh, uh, 25% off by going to gunowners.org slash black dash one dash media. Hey, last question. When is when is the gunathon supposed to be actually happening again? Uh, I mean, it's, okay. uh, it's uh, I, I don't know, man. Uh, the whole COVID thing, once that's over, I guess. And I want to say my son, Matthew, and this, dude, have you ever seen these guys? These guys like build like these like massive like underground uh, houses out of like with their bare hands. It's it's amazing. Is that primitive technology? Yeah. But yes, I love primitive technology. They are they are so dope. Yeah, for sure. I love yeah. them. All right, thank you all for watching it, and I will see you guys tomorrow. Bye. Say bye, Matthew. Bye. Nikki, say bye. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're out.